everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. This week, we continue our conversation with Carl Honore, author of the book, Boulder, Making the Most of Our Longer Lives. Carl suggests that growing older can also mean getting better. He reports that research shows the happiest adults are those over 55, and I would bet those happy old folks are also living bolder. Randy, I believe you have another question for Carl. Carl, in your book, Boulder, Making the Most Out of Our Longer Lives, you acknowledge that our brains can lose processing speed as we get older. Are there ways that our brains can actually improve as we age? Yeah, I mean, th- there's different kinds of, of intelligence. And we, we tend to get, you know, with experience and we build up a database of patterns that we, we get better at recognizing patterns within familiar domains. So in some ways, we lose processing speed. So trying to, you know, that familiar sensation of having a name on the tip of your tongue, or you can't just access that quick little bit of data that you'd have found more easily and more swiftly 30 years ago. But but the upside is that with all of the experience and data that you've you've gathered across the years, you're able to parse and see the big picture and connect the dots in ways that you'd have struggled to do, say, 20 years ago. So the brain is not you know, on a downward necessarily or upward spiral. It's, it's evolving. And so certain things maybe fall away in the same way as the body. Gary, you were talking about you can't you know, run as fast. I'm the same. I play sports sport, but I can't run as fast as I could in my 20s, right? But my game has evolved. I play hockey, right? So, you know, I, I now will rely more on the running power of, the, of my, my teammates who are, you know, 23, but I have a better game read right. than I had 20 years ago and definitely yeah. a better game read than they do. So th- there's always ways to you know, to make up for the thing you lose with something that you gain. So that, again, it comes back to the multi-generational thing I was talking about a moment ago that every generation brings something slightly different to the table. And it's so important to have the person who's got the onboard database of experience and can join the dots, see the big picture with somebody who's maybe got a totally more free, dynamic, quick, fast way of moving and thinking. And you bring those two things together and the magic starts to unfold. But if you have everybody in the room who has the same kind of brain, your your options narrow. Right. You made it interesting comment in your in your TED talk about creativity and how it tends to be assigned to young people mm. and uh, I agree with you that that it's a myth in fact there's a book that just got published recently that takes on the same topic that suggests that the tech bros being the most creative people in the world is complete nonsense that these people are generally relying on somebody else's innovations and it's a, a cumulative process the idea of we're not creative as we get older, feels rather dismissive at times because we don't always feel that way. You do feel creative as you get older. Yeah, and you are. I mean, that's one of the most destructive myths, I think, because when people buy into the myth that they're not creative, they don't try. And think of all that vast untapped reservoir of creativity in people from 35 and up that's just left there, left on the table, because Mm -hmm. we've swallowed the idea that that creativity belongs to the, the people under 30, right? Which is which is utterly utterly untrue and preposterous. I mean, people under 30 can be immensely creative, but so can people in their 60s or 70s, right? And, and in fact, some forms of creativity rely on 
two things that only aging can confer, time and experience, which is why if you look across history, it's studded with examples of people doing triumphantly creative work in later life from mm-hmm. Beethoven to Bach, you know, Michelangelo to Matisse. It's there in every, and it's there in the sciences as well, right? It's not just artists, yep. especially these days who are hitting their creative peaks later and later. There's a guy called John Goodenough who early in his career pioneered the, the invention of the lithium ion rechargeable battery. Today, he's leading a team at the University of Texas that's taking battery tech to the next level creatively by creatively. John Goodenough is 100 years old, right? Maya Angelou, the writer, is was bang on the money. She said once, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. And I think that's that's true of creativity, but I think it's true of many other things when it comes to aging. You know, you don't you don't use up social smarts as you get older. The more you use, the more you have, which is another thing that we tend to sharpen up on as we get older. Our social acumen tends to improve. We get better at listening, resolving conflicts, putting ourselves in other people's shoes, collaborating, leading, all that stuff that's so useful in every walk of life. And it tends to get better as we get older. And yet, what does the story of ageism tell us? Ooh, 40 years old, game over, brother. You know, <laughs> Or Mike Mark Zuckerberg. You've lost it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly. time to time to go out to pasture, my friend. Oh, that's a phrase we could put out to pasture. Let's put the put out the pasture phrase in the pasture. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we we really do we we fall back into the phrases. You know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and all. we've got so many of those that are in our brains, and we can kind of just pull those out without thinking about it. Maybe it's time for us to think about aging and think about the way we communicate about aging. Exactly. I mean, that's the crusade I'm on is to get people first just to pause and look at the facts, right? Look at the facts about aging. And once you look at and accept the facts, it's going to be so much easier to move away from the ages tropes because the facts tell such a different story. And the one you just mentioned there, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That is such a classic, isn't it? We hear, we hear it all the time. And yet it's, it's not even true of dogs, right? And it's certainly not true of human beings. <laughs> it's, and it's definitely not true of human beings. I mean, vocabulary, general knowledge, expertise can go on expanding to the very end of our lives. New domains, as we get older, can take a little longer for us to, to conquer. But we can still do it. And often we'll, we'll learn those new things with greater context and mastery and, and depth than we would have done in our, our 20s. And then if you look at things new things to learn in familiar domains, often we'll learn them faster. So there was a a survey done by Buck Consultants a little while ago asking managers about the learning pace within their workplaces. And 70% of them, 70%, 70% said that older workers learn new tasks faster than younger ones. Well, Carl, that brings up this whole elephant in the room question about seniors and learning technology that grandma is afraid of getting near a computer and doesn't know how to use a cell phone and can't keep up with the youngers who take to innovation so quickly. What's your sense of that? There are shades of gray there. I I think one part of the equation is that because the culture is constantly telling older people they can't handle tech, Mm -hmm. they can't, you know, that makes it harder for them to handle tech because they buy into their own you know, lack of capacity. So that's a, that's the first thing to bear in mind. The second is that for every grandmother who is struggling, 
with getting her iPhone working. There's a grandmother who's, you know, hitting home runs on TikTok. You know, so many <laughs> people in that generation are absolutely soaring on social media and playing it like a Stradivarius, right? So they're, <laughs> they're dealing with the tech side and they're understanding the social cultural context of social media and, you know, swinging for the fences and hitting home runs. So it's not true that everybody over a certain age can't deal with tech. It's just, it's just simply not true. I mean, if, there's an online platform called Code Academy where at the moment they've got more than a million over 55s who are learning how to computer code. More and more, it, it's, a, it's a caricature, right, to say, Everybody over the age of 55 or 60 is a tech dunce, right? It's just, it's, it's not true. The other thing to bear in mind is that it, what is true is that, you know, people have familiarity with things and they find things that are familiar easier. And so there's that much older generation that really is only coming to the tech much older. That is going to be a little harder for a generation of, say, 20-somethings who've grown up with screens. But who's to say that there won't be another great leap forward technologically Right. 30 years from now, that today's digital natives suddenly begin to think, oh, wow, if only we could get back to the iPhone. <laughs> it was so simple. And, and now we're dealing with, you know, <laughs> who knows what, what whatever yeah. AI is going to produce next. And they're going to struggle a little, little bit as well. So it's a complex picture. But I think the bottom line is that the idea that you fall off a learning cliff at a certain age, that tech and older people don't mix is wrong. That, that, that's just simply wrong. So then once you establish that, then you can start looking at some of the nuances. But uh, basically, that's another one of the myths that older people can't do tech. One of the things that I think older people need to do is think more fearlessly. We really don't have that same fear of failure that you might have had when you were 20, 30. There's, there's no careers at stake anymore. You know, we should be able to take on anything and just do it. And if it doesn't work out, fine, move on, enjoy the experience. But we still carry some of that baggage. I think it's the baggage that's getting in the way, because you're absolutely right that as we get into that second half or, or third quarter, you know, Q3 of our lives, in many ways, it is easier to swing for the fences and take a risk mm -hmm. because there's, there's the, the stakes are lower. We've got more of a cushion to fall back on. And yet, and yet, what's holding us back? Well, I think it's ageism, because we've spent our whole lives aging up through our 40s and 50s, hearing the whisper from the culture saying, you're yes. too old for this. It's time to hang up your spurs. Retirement's around the corner. Leave the, leave the risk-taking to the young folk. You know, so, and we're just kind of drenched in that, right. that narrative. And so when the time comes when our, especially, you know, we get into, say, empty nest moment of our lives, and suddenly the world is opening up, we're so marinated in this idea that oh hang on i better not take any risks that we don't we don't take the jump and that's that's tragic right because we're, we're so well placed with all of our experience to take life by the scruff of the neck at that point and, and many people do in fact if you look at the stats on startups this is another one of those glorious uh, surprises when you start unpicking the numbers on aging one of the most common ageist tropes is that entrepreneurship belongs to the young right you know, so you pick up a magazine and it's 30 under 30. You know, who's on the front cover of Forbes? It's, you know, Zuckerberg, it's Sam Altman. You know, it's all these young guns, young bros, right? When in fact, who, who's really smashing it out there on Planet Startup? It's really their parents and grandparents. And when, when they did a, a study looking at all new companies founded in the United States over a seven-year period. So we're talking, I think it was 1.2 million firms, 1.2 million startups. 
the conclusion that they came to makes an utter mockery of the idea that entrepreneurship is the monopoly of the young. The conclusion was you are more likely to set up a successful business in middle age, I'm quoting here, in middle age or beyond, right? So this mm-hmm. idea that you're finished at 40, that awful phrase, from finished at 40, right? It's just weapons grade nonsense, right? Many of us are just getting started at 40, just getting started. In fact, there's a great quote from the famous psychoanalyst Carl Jung, who, you know, you could argue got a lot of stuff wrong in psychoanalysis, but he totally nailed it, <laughs> totally nailed it on aging. He said, life really begins at 40 because until then you're just doing research. And I think once you get past, <laughs> once you, once you get past 40, that really resonates. You think, you know what? Man, okay, I'd love to have the, the knees I had at 21, but all the other stuff, all the learning and the laughter and the love and stuff that's made me who I am today, you know, I'm a, a much better version of myself than I was, you know, 20 years ago. And, and, and that's what we, really I think this whole conversation we want to boil it down to is the idea that, that aging is not a downward spiral to decrepitude, dementia, you know, and, and, and everything, you have to give up everything you love past the age of 40 and give up. No, but aging is a, it's a journey, right? And it's really an upward surge. I'll tell you what my favorite metaphor for aging now is. It's, it's video gaming. And I don't, I'm not a gamer at all, but the, the, the metaphor works for me because if you think of how people approach video games, I'm, I'm now 55, so that means I'm at level 55. So while I'm in level 55, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to get all the treasure I can, gather all the weapons, all the wisdom, everything. I'm going to have every possible adventure in 55. And then... If I do really well and I'm lucky, I'll get to level 56, right? And so level 56 isn't something that I dread or feel ashamed of. I'm kind of thinking, yeah, what's waiting for me in a level 56? You know, looking forward to it. Occasionally I'll be in level 55 and think, man, do you remember level 23? Had a really good time doing X, Y, and Z. You know, that was great. But I don't want to go, I don't want to go back no, from right, level 55 right. to 23. I'm already here now. I want to go forward and upward. I want level 56. I want level 60. What's waiting for me at level 73? That's the way <laughs> I, I think we should think about aging. I That's love a it. Great, great way to put it. And I don't think many older folks like us and like our listeners really want to go back to level 23. You know, there were great moments, but I don't want to be 23 again. I don't want to be 30 again. I, I, I like this golden era. Maybe we need to tell the story about how great it is to be old instead of, oh my gosh, we're getting older. I think that, the, and I do think social media here is a very powerful ally. Because if you go on today and look at Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever, you will find millions of people, 40-somethings, 50-somethings, 60, 70, 80, 100-somethings, uploading videos and photos showing their version of being older. And guess what? That version is a million miles from the grim, bleak stereotype of aging mm. being a complete collapse after your mid-30s, right? And they're showing that any age, with the right attitude, and obviously a little luck, any age can be a time of romance, adventure, purpose, meaning, vigor, sex, joy. You know, it can all be there for us, but it's only going to happen if we... If we embrace the idea, embrace if we're we open to, or to use Gary's idea of, of, of we allow aging, right? If we change our the chip and think of aging as as an upward curve, right? As a video game, if you like, moving proudly, yeah. boldly from level to level. And once we do that, you realize what is out there waiting for you, whatever age you are. 
that is a great way to summarize our discussion. Carl, we thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. Tell our listeners more about your books and where to find them. And do you have a website where people can check in on you? Yes, I have a one-stop shop for everything. So <laughs> books, videos, talks, everything in one place. And it's 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 a link to my name, Carl Honore, altogether, info, And everything you could possibly want to know, possibly even more, they would ever want to know about me is right there. My first subject has always been and remains, uh, you know, the power of slow. Uh, uh, slowness is a superpower in a world addicted to speed. But obviously, more recently, I've been also focusing on reframing aging and all the stuff we've been talking about now. So my book, Boulder, is obviously on that subject. And my TED, my second TED Talk is also on that subject as well. And I do a lot of writing on social media and posting and stuff. So LinkedIn, all, I'm on all the different channels as well. So I, I always love to hear from people. So if ever, anyone has a observation or a question or a, or has a, a really clever way of reframing senior moments and calling it something, you know, let us know. Let me know. I'd love to hear it. You know, get hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever you are. That's awesome, Carl. You're an inspiration to all of us and Truly. all of us of any age group. We all need to to rethink how we think about age. We're all getting older every day. <laughs> With any kind of luck, we'll continue to get older every day. <laughs> <laughs> right? May we all be bolder and follow your example and feel better about aging. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's been a lot of fun chatting. Thanks for joining us in this delightful conversation with Carl Honoré. His advice about living bolder is a great prescription for all of us in our golden years. Head on over to Camp Codger next week when the old Codgers speak with author Sharon Lovejoy. We discuss her book, Camp Granny, an excellent reference for helping grandparents make memories with their grandchildren. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger on your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com. Post a comment at www.campcodger.com or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.